our, our, third, our fourth week of our blessed series. Uh, our, our blessed series is um, it's a series of, of thinking about how mission becomes uh, a, a rhythm of our life. Um, we become missional in the things that we do, practices that we can live out that become so normal that it becomes a part of who we are. That's what mission is. So we started, and Lindsay, thank you for your prayer because you, you laid it out so well. We start with prayer. We start with prayer. And I wonder if you've gotten into the habit of walking out your door and praying for your neighbours just around you as you drive past, you know, praying for your street. Um, I know there's been a few people that have been meeting in prayer triplets, and I'd love to continue to, to, to encourage you. If there's two, or two people that you, you know that, um, that you think, oh, we could meet on a weekly or even a fortnightly basis and get together and, and pray together as, as a little triplet, that'd be really good. Um, it might be a good place to start. And if you're, if you're sort of thinking, oh, I don't know who to, who to go to, there's been a few people that have put their name on the sheet out the front, and you, you might think, oh, Pete, just help me to get to, find, to connect with someone else. Put your name, there's a, a table just out the front, a blessed table. Just put your name on the sheet, and we can try and formulate a little group for you as well. So begin with prayer. Then we had listen, become active listeners, listening to God and seeking to hear the voice of God within the context where we find ourselves, because the reality is that God's always active. God's always doing things in our world. We just need to make sure that we are attentive to the action of God in the world. And we, can, we can't do that if we're continually busy. We've got to stop, stop and listen. And we sort of said that active listening to one another is one of the most important things that we can do with another person. Rather than presuming to know the outcome or thinking that we can serve in a way that will help them in the way that we think might help them, we need to stop and listen. Most of the time, people don't want the answer. They just want someone to listen. So we had listen. And last week, we had E for eat. And you'll remember, uh, we had the table up here and the, the Haywoods plus uh, some, uh, some, some other some of their adopted children, I suppose, came and had a, a nice feast up here. And hopefully throughout the week that image has caught you. And I haven't had any calls to say, where's my cheese um, as such. But I uh, hope that image has caught you through the week and you've thought, how can I spend some time over a meal with someone or to feast with someone as well? Because Jesus showed a high value uh, towards the people that he ate with. He ate with the tax collectors and sinners, the scriptures tell us. Um, and he said, I value you, who you are. I will spend time with you. So um, before we go on to our S, I'm going to ask Tim Vanderveen to, uh, to come up. He's going to share just a little story. I've got the, the Blessed Facebook page. If, if you're not on the Blessed Facebook page and you want to be on it, just maybe somehow get onto me, find me on Facebook or find someone that you know is at the church and they might be able to put you on. But Tim, uh, Tim wrote a, a quick story on, uh, on Facebook, so I thought I'd get him to share what that was. Uh, it was a funny little story for me, actually. It was a little bit of one of those serendipitous moments in life, and um, it only occurred to me on Friday night that it actually happened and it might relate to this, so I, I threw it on the, the little forum we've got going there. And um, just a bit of background, we've got a couple of food institutions at our work, but one of them that we do have is on a Friday morning. Um, we just throw some bacon and eggs on the barbecue and uh, just cook just cook some food for, for our employees, and whoever happens to be at work on the day just has kind of looked, gotten to the rhythm of getting there early and having a bit of breakfast together and we usually stand around in the kitchen with about eight to ten people, twelve maybe, depending who's there and just 
have a coffee and some bacon and eggs and just have a bit of a chat and get ready for the last day of the week. It's usually been a fairly um, demanding time and um, it's just something that we do and I just happened to go around to one of our suppliers on Friday, a metal fabrication company that um, makes some products for us and I brought some drawings in just to discuss uh, a new part that we needed made and uh, we're talking away with Jeff. Jeff's the guy that owns the company and um, as I'm talking away with Jeff looking at these drawings, one of his employees from the, um, from the factory floor comes up and he goes to me, um, I just wanted to come and say thank you to you. I looked at him sort of quizzically and go, what, what on earth... What on earth for? I couldn't think of anything I'd done for this guy. And he goes, um, oh, about a month ago, Jeff was around at your place on a Friday morning and he saw your people standing around and having bacon and eggs together and um, he came back and he said, I've just been around to uh, Tim's work and they're all standing around having bacon and eggs this morning. So if it's good enough for Tim and his people, it's good enough for us. So he said, so for the last three weeks we've been having bacon and eggs for uh, Friday morning smoker together. So I just wanted to thank you for that. So... <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> How good is that? It's a culture creator, isn't it? And, uh, and Tim, uh, I'll be praying for you as, you as you continue to create that culture in your workplace, um, that you'll have those opportunities to, to connect on a deeper level through food. Um, it's fantastic. Am I gone? Yep, still there? Yep, all good. Um, so the whole underlying premise of this series is that we're blessed to be a blessing to others. And, and the mandate was given to Abraham, or Abraham as the same was, that I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And so it is for us that we may be blessed people to be a blessing continually. So it leads us on to the first S. There's two S's. The first S is to serve. Now, I want, to, I want to think of a time where someone has served you that was unexpected. It wasn't, you didn't expect someone to serve you, and it made an impact on your life. Just have a think about a space where that happened. I want to tell you a story of my, uh, a time that happened to me. I was at uni- university. When I was at university, I had bigger hair. My hair was quite large. It was uh, sideshow, if you know The Simpsons, sideshow Bob-esque. It was big hair. And, um, and I'd normally put in a ponytail, but at this sort of stage of my life, there was no ponytail. It was just, it was just out there. And so I was, um, I was at uni. I had a mate whose name was Paul. Now, Paul's parents, were, they ran Timbertop, which is Geelong uh, College's uh, year nine campus up in the base of Mount Buller. And Paul said to me, hey, let's go up to Timbertop and... Um, We'll go skiing with the, the Year 9 students. I thought, oh, fantastic, that'd be great. So we, we took us up there, and we got to go to the snow with the Year 9 students. I'd never skied before, so I was bow, like ploughing down all the Year 9 students, poor kids. And, um, and, but they were just so lovely. They were really nice kids. Um, but I remember getting there, and we got there on the Friday afternoon, and that night uh, they set up the, the dining hall, and they got everything ready, and, and Paul and I weren't allowed to come into the dining hall until it was all set up. And we thought, oh, fair enough. They don't want us to, to do much, and they want to... That was all right. But anyway, instead of, instead of us just coming in with all the kids, they had all the kids sat down. And when uh, it was time for us to come in, all the kids rose, stood up. I'm, a, I'm a, like a 19-year-old stu- uni student, big hair, um, probably ripped jeans and a, a baggy green T-shirt. And they all stood up and they uh, introduced us as the guests of honour. Like, oh, oh dear, uh, I think we're in the wrong spot here. Um, so we, we walked in and we were literally were treated like royalty. They, they, uh, uh, they served us at our table. We didn't have to go and get anything. They served us at our table. This is year nine children, kids. Um, served us at our table. 
as if we were someone special. Little did they know we weren't special, um, but they, they served, served us as that. It was totally unexpected. I didn't expect that from them at all, um, but it made me feel so special that these young people would do that for me. And it was just a genuine space of service. And, you know, I learned from that sort of experience that small acts of service done with a genuine heart, it actually demands a response by the one, by the receiver. I had to respond. I couldn't not just sit there and take it all. I had to respond and I, I couldn't stop saying thank you to these young students who served me all night. You see, our genuine acts of service, they don't go unnoticed. People see them and they will see them and those actions will make an impact probably far beyond what they'll ever know. I know those year nine students, I've never seen them again. We, we skied for that one day, had dinner with them uh, over two nights, and I ploughed them down the field. They might remember me as the guy who just ran over them on the ski field, because uh, I couldn't stop. <laughs> but, but I've never seen them again. But they made an impact on my life. So this morning we'll get to explore how Jesus went about serving those he met and how we might be able to learn a little bit from it. Why don't we pray and get stuck into the word? Our loving God, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word, and we pray this morning that as we seek to understand how Jesus, you served this uh, deaf and mute man, that uh, we may be servants of yours to those that we meet as well. Amen. Mark 10.45 sort of sets a foundation for uh, a Jesus follower uh, in how we should serve. It says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus' disposition on earth was to be a servant. He showed it in his sacrificial death on the cross for all. And we've shared that through communion this morning. He showed us what it looked like on a daily level. He showed us that as a leader, he was willing to take the towel and the basin and assume the role dedicated for the servant. He showed it by providing for thousands with only a small amount of food. And he showed it by healing the sick, even those who are outcast and considered unworthy of the time Jesus took for them. This was who Jesus was. He didn't come to be served like a ruler or a king, lording it over people, expecting everything to come to him. Rather, he was with the people. He was helping the people where they needed help. He was giving hope to those who felt hopeless. See, Jesus came to serve. And ultimately, as we've shared already, in his death, he served us all in the most incredible way. The story we heard from Keith tells us of this healing of the deaf man with a speech problem as well. And we're going to learn maybe four things that we can get from this story regarding how we can serve those around us. The first thing we can observe is what I call proximity. We can notice that the, that the people that Jesus healed, they were in front of him. They had a space where he was. Jesus had gone out of the main areas that he had been ministering in and he went out into the outlying cities. The Bible says it's the Decapolis, Decapolis. And it's these 10 Greek cities that are outside of where he was sort of grow, had grown up. They're Greek cities. So different to his own culture as such. He was in this foreign place. 
Yet people had still heard of Jesus. People still brought their sick to Jesus. So these people heard he was there. So they came to him and they brought a man who was deaf and couldn't speak well. And Jesus uh, just, I suppose, what are they expecting? Is Jesus going to do something? Perhaps they brought him there to see if this man really was what they thought he might be. Or the stories that they'd heard. Perhaps they wanted to see the magic man do something outlandish and open the mouth of this man or open the ears of this man. Whatever their motive, Jesus was in their space. Jesus was engaging with, their, with them and their sick. Jesus was where the people were. He didn't sit in the synagogue and wait for people to come to him so that he could serve them. Rather, he got out and got to where the people were. Maybe some people expected Jesus to be more, more staying in one spot so they could get to him. But Jesus said, no, I've got to go into the spaces to, to see where, where God's calling me. Jesus, in his ministry of healing, he takes each person on their merits. And in this space, it's no exception. Jesus served the person that was right in front of him. Jesus didn't make a spectacle of healing him. Jesus took him away from the crowds to serve his needs. Serving's not all about the big, is it? It's not about being seen or having the perception in the public of seeing that you're doing something great. Jesus says, I will serve that that is which is right in front of me. Maybe it's our neighbours that are around us. Maybe it's our work colleagues, the people that we ride on the train each day. I remember when I was at university, I used to catch the train from Springvale Station into the city, and there was a guy in there. Uh, so I've already said, big hair. Um, I might have. I, I never felt like I was intimidating, but I had always had a beanie on, um, big hair. Maybe I was a little bit intimidating. I didn't realise it at the time. But there was another guy who I was intimidated by. Same deal, beanie. He had tattoos and stuff like that. But we were always on the same train, all the time, every single morning, always in the same space. We'd always see each other and always do the look forward. So. I was intimidated. Maybe he was intimidated by my beard. I don't know what it was. But, but I remember at one stage, I smiled at him. And that smile sort of broke down. We didn't have any massive chats or anything, but that smile just broke down a space of, of being worried about each other. And we were able to then catch the train, smile at each other, say hi. And it was, it was that, that, that simple way of just being able to go, hey, you're in front of me. I see you all the time. God, what are you doing in that? God's placed you in this space, your workplace, your family, wherever it might be for this time. Maybe God's got you moving around a little bit. Maybe you'll, you'll get a new job at some stage. But for the time being, you're here. You catch the train with that same person every day for a reason. You go to the same cafe and meet the same people for a reason. They're right in front of you. And God's calling us to serve them. I heard a great quote about the power of serving the people around you as a blessing to them. It says, Life-altering service happens mostly through small acts done consistently over time. Mostly through small acts done consistently over time. Isn't that crazy? Like a great idea. Life-altering service. God places people right in front of us. I wonder how we serve them. 
Doing your neighbour's lawn when they're not able to do it. Very practical. Helping with the shopping, getting the shopping out of the car. Listening to the stories about um, what, they're, what they're going through and be willing to pray with them. Taking them places when they need a lift. There are so many ways to serve the people that are right in front of you. And it's not just our neighbours, it's all people. If you continue to pray that you're a blessing to others, if you're actively listening for what God is doing, where God is at work, the opportunities to serve will be endless. Sometimes we just need to be alert to them, don't we? If you're connected to the Facebook page that we're just talking about at all, um, you'll see Jeanette uh, put a post up there. She's been in Queensland um, over the last uh, few days, and I trust you had an awesome time there and a, a bit of time to, to have some space to relax. But, but she was out, and she uh, had these four Japanese students who were stranded and needed a lift home. And so Jeanette was able to say, well, come on in. Come in, and we'll help you out. What a blessing to serve those who are right in front of us. And it might be a small act, but it makes a difference. Because the reality of our society is that not everyone's going to help each other out. Not everyone will have the, a mindset or a mentality to serve. Not everyone will serve others without thinking, I want to get something back. Small acts of service done consistently over time is life-altering. Perhaps it's getting a few people together and fixing something in your neighbour's house that you've seen as a problem. Perhaps it's serving your street somehow. Perhaps it's being available to babysit. We had a, a fellow at Newport who uh, would have been well in his 80s. He came and babysit, sat our children, and he loved it. He had a great time. <laughs> and you might think, that can't be something I could do, but maybe it is. Be creative. Serve the people right in front of you. That's proximity. The second thing uh, that, that we can see Jesus uh, being in this is perceptive. Jesus was perceptive. And what I mean by that is that Jesus was perceptive to the needs specifically of that man. Jesus took him away from the prying eyes of the crowd. And maybe he did it because he didn't want to see people, he wanted to have people put a finger in his ear and <laughs> in his mouth. Who knows? I don't know why Jesus took him away. But I reckon, I reckon it's because he thought about the man. Jesus took him aside, away from the crowd. When you're a kid and you're, you're, uh, your parents take you aside, it's not normally for a good reason, is it? Come on, we're going to go into, into this space. <laughs> but when Jesus takes this fellow aside, it was more in a protective sense, I get the feeling. This guy was blind, uh, the deaf, he was not able to speak, and I'm sure that he was not looked upon by his community as someone who could contribute to the life of community. In fact, he's probably not given the same amount of respect so Jesus takes him away from the place where he's likely to be the, the butt of the jokes, the jeers of others. And Jesus saw a need that went beyond the healing of his, um, his speech. He was, he was perceptive to the needs of this man. There was a story of a man on a busy New York subway who was quietly reading his book. At the following stop, a man with his two boys got onto the train. And immediately the boys were making a big ruckus. They were not just loud, but they were running up and down the carriage. They didn't care about the people that were around them. And the father just didn't seem to notice or to care that his children were causing such a disruption. The man reading his book got to the stage where he couldn't stand it anymore. And he got up and he approached the father. And he explained to the father that he really needed to control his children better and teach them some respect. 
The father agreed and just sighed. And he said, yeah, I just don't know what to do. I really don't know what to say to them. We've just come from the hospital where their mother just died. We've got to seek to understand the situation first, don't we? That we may be able to, to serve. Imagine that man had a sort to say, hey, how's it going? And then maybe got the kids and started playing I Spy with them or something like that. Perceptiveness when it comes to serving, it's vital. We can't just assume to know what is needed. We thought about that when we're talking about listening. We've got to listen to them. But serving with sensitivity is vital. The third thing we can learn from Jesus is Jesus, he served personally. We notice that Jesus doesn't just process the deaf man through and send him on his way. Rather, Jesus enters into the pain of the situation. And Mark describes the the incident like this. He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and said to him, Ephaphah, which means be opened. See, Jesus doesn't just go, hey, be healed. Go on your way. Jesus lets out a a deep sigh, more of a, a groan of pain. You know when someone hits their funny bone and you go, ooh, I feel that? Maybe not that ooh, but maybe that, that empathy of... <sighs> Jesus, he didn't have a healing factory where he just processed people through. Take a number when it's your turn, come on forward. You come out the other side healed. Rather, Jesus entered into the pain of this man. He felt his suffering. And you know, as we serve others... Sometimes it means that we'll enter into their pain as well. We'll enter into their space that hurts the most. And sometimes that's going to make them vulnerable to you, but you vulnerable to them as well. As we stop and listen to the hurts uh, of others, and as we seek to serve those hurts most, it can be really, really tough. How do we help someone who is grieving or is being diagnosed with a serious illness? But serving doesn't just happen when it's easy or glamorous. Serving happens all the time to the people that are in front of us when we're perceptive to the needs and we're able to do it on a personal level. Putting ourselves aside and saying, I'm willing to serve regardless of the cost. The fourth thing was that Jesus served powerful, powerfully. Jesus spoke into the situation where he's serving with the full authority of God. He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and said to him, Epaphla, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus, he did the healing, but he did it not not in any sort of sense of just process. He did it with the authority of heaven. This was a God situation. Jesus didn't do it in human strength. I wonder if we serve, whether we serve and we just think, oh, I can just do that for that person, or I can do this for that person. And we can. We can do lots of things, can't we? We can do lots of things. But do we serve knowing that we can make a real difference because of the full authority of God lies with us? Do we serve in that way? Because in serving, we're not just serving to do good things, but we're being aware of what God is already doing and we are entering into the things that, that God is in action in the world in. 
And we hear stories of hardship and we say, I don't even know how to serve that person. And God sort of speaks in a situation and says, you can do this. You can serve here. You might feel nervous. but You go, I've got God's authority here. I think of my mother-in-law, and my mother-in-law is quite ill at the moment, Solari's mum, and we went and saw her yesterday. And sometimes it's hard to know how to best serve her at the moment. She's in hospital, and um, she's, she's not doing too well. We can give her a drink, and that was really nice to be able to do. We spent a fair bit of time with her yesterday. But, but the way we served her yesterday was incredible. It brought a tear to my eye, because Solari put on some worship music. And Isabel was able to, in her bed, she was able to, I thought she was asleep, to be honest. I thought she was asleep and just having a lovely sleep. And Solari put the worship music on, and all of a sudden her foot starts to move. We hadn't seen this movement. It's like, oh, look out. (laughs) Her foot starts to move. And then all of a sudden she starts singing the words to these hymns that were being played over the, over the, the telephone that we had. It was beautiful. It was special. It was very powerful. And it was a reminder that, that we sung, It is well with my soul. It was a reminder to me that God was doing something in that space, that it was well, even in illness, it was well with her soul. God's authority was in that situation. And we didn't go and make her big cups of coffee or anything like that. We just sat with her. Listened. Am I in still? And she just listened to the music. Something was happening in that space. Something of God happened as we served. Jesus served with the full authority of God. Jesus served the people that were right in front of him. Jesus served sensitively and perceptively. And Jesus served on a personal level. There was a Spanish philosopher, Unamuno. Better not to say his name. He tells us about the Roman aqueduct in Segovia, his native Spain. It was built in 109 AD. For 1,800 years, it carried water from the mountains to the hot and thirsty city. Nearly 60 generations of men came and drank from its flow. I'm going to assume women came and drank as well. Then came another generation, a recent one, who said, This aqueduct is such a great marvel that it ought to be preserved for all our children to see. It should be a museum piece. We shall relieve it of its labour. So they did. So they got the pipes that, that took all the water and they put it into uh, a museum and they laid modern iron pipes. They gave the ancient bricks and mortar a reverent rest. And the aqueduct began to fall apart. The old pipes began to crumble. The sun beat on the dry mortar had caused it to crack. And the old stones sagged and threatened to fall. What ages of, surface, of service of bringing the water couldn't destroy, idleness was able to in no time. So just as Jesus was sent to serve, we're also sent to serve others, to show people that, that as people of faith, we're there to help. That we're an open door to all with Jesus in the centre. We're called to serve, therefore we must serve diligently and not become like that pipe who served for so long and then stopped and then dried out and cracked. No matter what age you are, No matter how highly or lowly you regard yourself, 
No matter what you've done in your past or what you are going to do, serve the people that are around you and see what impact it has on others. Let's seek this week to be people who serve in small, thoughtful and creative ways and see what God does with that. Be blessed to be a blessing. Serve as Jesus served. Let's pray. Now, God, we take comfort in the scriptures, knowing that you are a God who is active in the world. And we see through the scripture today that you served a man in great need. You blessed him in many ways. And you did it in a way that didn't go for a show, but it was about bringing sort of hope back to this man. May we be givers of hope through the way we serve others. May we be creative in finding small but powerful ways to serve. And may we share the stories of what that looks like to one another that we may be encouraging. So bless us, Lord, continually, as you already have, that we may be sent out to be a blessing to others as well. In the name of Jesus, amen.